drunk theory. You were supposed to go, I'm right. <laughs> Not always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Drunk Theory. I'm Kara. I'm Kelly. I'm Ryan. And today we're talking about road trips. Kelly, what are we drinking? Uh, we are drinking the Kentucky Road. So to make this drink, you are going to need Kentucky bourbon. I'm using the Jim Beam Devil's Cut, but whatever you like. Um, the recipe calls for an ounce and a half, but I'm using a fuck ton because that is the unit of measurement that we like at Drug Theory. Fuck um, ton! You're going to put in a half ounce of lime juice and top it off with Coke. And there you have it. The Kentucky Road. It's pretty good, too. It's pretty damn delicious, yes. It won't say I first. <laughs> I got a feeling we're going to be going to the cotillion soon. <laughs> so, I mean, would y'all rather go first or would you rather me go first and be at the cotillion? <laughs> uh, so for some background, this will be, what, the third time we've tried to record and we just can't get it right? Well, first, I mean, it's only the second time we really actually put any effort into yeah, it. That's true. That's first true. time, though, uh, we waited too late, and we were all, all way too drunk. We were too drunk, and I couldn't <coughs> function, and I had a <laughs> shitload of research. Kelly wrote 87 pages. Yeah. So, I guess I'll go. Yeah, let Kelly go first. All right. So, I am covering Bonnie and Clyde, which is a massive fucking topic, and for this, I... Read the book, Go Down Together, The True Untold Story of Bonnie and Clyde by Jeff Gwynn. So, I've I've honestly tried to cut down a lot of this, but it is still a lot. So, we're looking at the period of time. We're looking at 1932 to 1934. Um, kind of the first event that we want to look at is August 5th, 1932 in Stringtown, Oklahoma. So... Claude Barrow, Raymond Hamilton, and Ross Dyer were out riding around, and they rolled upon this pavilion where the town was having a dance. So Bonnie was visiting her mother in Texas, and everyone is drinking and having a good time. The cops are there, but they aren't hassling anyone about the illegal boozle, because they're like, as long as everybody's not, like, killing each other, we're all right. So at this point, Barrow, Hamilton, and Dyer are all wanted for various crimes, um, Armed robbery, auto theft, and even the murder of a store owner. So when the Barrow gang got drunk, they got rowdy and started trying to dance with local ladies, and that pissed off their dates. So Sheriff Maxwell and Officer Moore realized that shit's about to go down, so they decided to arrest the out-of-towners for drinking, more to keep the peace than anything else. Um, Sheriff Maxwell approached them and told them they were under arrest, the Barrow gang starts shooting. Sheriff Maxwell is wounded and Officer Moore is killed. Barrow and Hamilton escaped and fled back to Texas. Ross Dyer was caught almost immediately. It is assumed that he snitched because it didn't take long for Hamilton and Barrow's names to show up in the paper. And killing a cop means a trip to the electric chair. So, starting here, the reason I'm starting here is because this is kind of the point where Bonnie got involved in everything, because there had been a whole shitload of stuff before this <laughs> that happened. So, at this point, Clyde Barrow, uh, Raymond Hamilton, and Bonnie Parker all leave together, because Bonnie's dating him, but at this point, she hasn't actually done anything. August 13th, 1932, Carlsbad, New Mexico. They decide they're going to hide out at Bonnie's aunt's house. Um, her name is Millie Stamps. So Clyde pretends to be a guy named James White. Uh, Raymond pretends to be Jack Smith. Millie calls the cops when she noticed that they had lots of money and lots of guns and didn't fucking realize why. She's like, there's something fucking weird going on here. So she calls the cops on them. Deputy Johns shows up, and Raymond and Clyde take him hostage at gunpoint. They drive, they drive to San Antonio, Texas, and they let Deputy Johns out of the car unharmed. For the most part, they tried not to kill people, <laughs> but they do commit a shitload of fucking murders because they're so terrible at fucking crime. <laughs> 
So, September 1st, 1932, Raymond Hamilton gets sick of everybody's shit, and he decides he wants to go back home to Michigan. Bonnie and Clyde drop him off in Bay City. Bonnie and Clyde, uh, they travel around in stolen cars, because that's their thing. They steal cars. All the fucking time, they're stealing cars. Um, They stole a car in Illinois and abandoned it in Oklahoma. When police searched it, they found a medicine bottle with Clyde's name on it. Because it could be proven that Clyde transported it across uh, across state lines, he was charged with his first federal crime. And that's going to be important later. Taking your prescription meds across state no, lines is stealing a, a car. Oh, my <laughs> bad. <laughs> <laughs> I got confused. Yeah, he stole a car. And really? Then, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I zoned out for a minute. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> like I feel like it's I'm, not you. It's not you. Keep going. No, I'm sure it's probably me. <laughs> so. <laughs> For a while, they just fucking rode around. They went to Michigan, Illinois, Kansas. They'd stay at motels under assumed names, or sometimes they'd stop like at a random farmhouse or something. They'd give the owner a little bit of money, so I had to go and stay. You know, they weren't really starting no shit at this one. Apparently, were, back then they like people did that. They yeah. knocked on farm doors and was like, "Hey man, give me a hot dog. I'll cut your grass or yeah. whatever." Yeah, it's totally fake. I'll give you a dollar if you'll let me sleep in your barn tonight or whatever. That's wild. So this is never... totally what, what they're doing at this point in time. So, newspapers at the time, they were taking a hit from the depression. They started reporting on Clyde Barrow and his frequent companion. They almost never mentioned Bonnie by name. Because nobody believed at that time that a woman could be part of, you know, criminal activity, like a willing participant. Um, so the more papers they sold, the more crimes that Clyde was accused of. <laughs> uh, multiple robberies and even a murder in Texas was blamed on him and Raymond Ham- Hamilton. Neither one of them was even in the area. How far away are they at? At the Cotillion place? At the first, we haven't made it to the Cotillion we're, yet. we're not at the Cotillion yet. Oh, oh no, no, no. She said the... Uh, the. But, so the papers are reporting on it, and pretty much everything that's happening at this time is being blamed on Clyde Barrow and Raymond Hamilton because they're known associates. But shit, where they're not even in the fucking state. <laughs> Just like everything is bl- being blamed on them at the time. So... Even though wrongly accused, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, they loved the fucking attention. And they saved all the newspaper clippings. Um, Other criminals would briefly team up with them, you know, mistakenly believing that they were going to get in, like, on big scores and stuff. Like, that they were uh, criminal masterminds. But then the other criminals would leave soon after a few, you know, disappointing small-time jobs. They were terrible criminals. Like, they were fucking terrible. They just woke up one day and was like, hey, we should do crimes. (laughs) So they robbed shit all the time, but, you know, would walk away with really little money. Like, you know, so they were constantly robbing shit. But there was never that big score. Um, So December 24th, 1932, Bunny and Clyde returned home to West uh, Dallas for Christmas. And they meet up with W.D. Jones, who's a friend of Clyde's little brother. So, W.D. worshipped Clyde and wanted to join the gang. The next day, Bonnie, Clyde, and W.D. drove to Temple, Texas. Clyde decided that he and W.D. would rob a grocery store as a way to kind of initiate W.D. into the gang. And W.D. couldn't do it. So, Bonnie and Clyde, they made fun of him. They drove around until they found a shitty little car with a key in the ignition. And Clyde told W.D. that he would have to steal the car if he wanted to make it home. So when he got out and tried to start the car, it wouldn't start because it was shitty. Clyde got in the car and tried to start it himself. Still wouldn't start. The owner of the car, Doyle Johnson, looked out the window and saw you know, the two men trying to steal this fucking car. He ran out of the house and tried to grab Clyde through the car window. And either Claude or W.D. or both shot him several times and he died. So, Claude told W.D. that now he was a permanent member of the game because he had participated in murder. Now, 
At the same time, Clyde learned that Raymond Hamilton had been arrested for the murder of a store owner in Texas. Clyde knew that Raymond was innocent because Clyde had driven the getaway car after the robbery and murder, so he knew that Raymond wasn't even fucking there at that time. So Clyde decides he's going to bust Raymond out of jail. He visits Raymond's sister, uh, Lillian McBride. He gives her a radio and tells her to bring it to Raymond in jail. The radio has, a, has hacksaw blades inside it, so <laughs> that when he gets it, he has saw his way out. <laughs> <laughs> he has saw his way through the bars. <laughs> Which is a very kind of, <laughs> Andy Griffith kind of. <laughs> Does it work? <laughs> so. On January 6th, Lillian drove out to the jail to see her brother and deliver the radio. She does. She delivers the radio. Uh, Clyde, Bonnie, and WD had plans to return that night to find out what happened. They didn't realize that four cops and an assistant district attorney would be staking out the house that night. So, they had heard rumors that a criminal associate of Raymond Hamilton named Odell Chambliss was in the area and may visit Raymond's sister. So there were all these cops looking for somebody totally different <laughs> So when Clyde, Bonnie, and WD pull up, the police think it's the Ch- uh, Chambliss's. And when Clyde sees the cops, he immediately gets out of the car with his shotgun and starts fucking shooting. He killed Deputy Malcolm Davis by shooting him in the chest. WD started shooting from the car. Bonnie took off and drove around the block where she caught up with Clyde and picked him up, and it all turned out to be for nothing. So, Raymond Hamilton was caught trying to saw through the bars with the hacksaw blades. He was transferred to a more secure jail. On January 13th, one of the officers from the shootout told a reporter that a tough, a tough two-gun girl was riding with Barra. This is the first suggestion that Bonnie may be a functioning member of the gang instead of a silly, lovesick girl. So at this point, they're like, yeah, she's she's totally in it. So January through March uh, 1933, they're driving through Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri. They're holding up grocery stores and gas stations along the way. Um, they're stealing cars whenever they feel like it. W.D. was acting as a photographer while Bonnie and Clyde post for pictures. And oh, that, he's, he's the one that took all the pictures? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, in March, Clyde's older brother, Buck, and his wife, Blanche, joined the gang. Um, they went to Joplin, Missouri and rented an apartment together. The girls were going out shopping, and the boys would go out robbing. So, that was kind of their life at the time. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's kind of cute. Shut up. <laughs> like, if they weren't murdering so many people, yeah, <laughs> it, would be, it would be cute. Yeah. <clears throat> so, April 13th, 1933, um, Joplin Police Force and Missouri State Highway Patrol, they raided the apartment. The cops didn't know what they were getting into at the time. They were merely suspicious because the group appeared to flash a lot of money. They're like, these people have a lot of fucking money. None of them have fucking jobs or, you know. (laughs) So the cops actually just assumed they were bootlegging liquor. Claude shot and killed County Constable Wes Harriman and Officer Harry McGinnis. WD was wounded in the side. The gang left everything behind in the apartment and headed back to Texas. From there, they traveled through New Mexico, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, and back through Missouri. Uh... Arkansas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, they're all robbing and stealing cars. There's all over the place at this point. (laughs) In the meantime, cops are searching the apartment. So they find identification for several gang members. They find guns, they find a camera, they find a roll of undeveloped film. When released, the pictures would make the gang superstars. So this is where the pictures that everybody knows now, this is where it came from, is from the raid on this apartment. July 20th, 1933, Red Crown Tavern in Plate, yeah, Plate City, Missouri. I don't know. I might be mispronouncing that. <laughs> uh, the gang was recognized by local police. A posse of 13 patrolmen and county cops with an armored car ambushed the gang at the motel adjoining the tavern. Several police officers were wounded in the shootout. 
The gang would escape, but Buck had been shot in the head and Blanche had been injured when glass had flown into her eye. They made it to Dexter, Iowa. From there, the gang planned to travel back to Texas so that Buck could die at home. They knew he was, he was done. The police caught up to them again, though. Um, Buck and Blanche were captured. Clyde, Bonnie, and W.D. were injured but managed to escape. Buck died on, Jan on July 29th from his injuries, and Blanche pleaded guilty to one count of assault with intent to kill and was sentenced to 10 years. Clyde, Bonnie, and W.D. fled from Iowa and traveled through Minnesota, Illinois, Nebraska, and Mississippi, committing small-time robberies along the way. September 7th, the gang made it home to Texas where W.D. decided he was done. He was like, I'm saying. W.D. was arrested in December but received only 15 years because of his age. He was only 16 at the time. January 1934. Bonnie and Clyde broke Raymond Hamilton and three other prisoners out of Easton Prison, killing one guard in the process. Texas Ranger Frank Hammer was enlisted to track down the gang. Bonnie, Clyde, Raymond, and fellow escapee Harry uh, Methvin stayed together and robbed three banks in nine days. They traveled to Louisiana to see Methvin's family. From there, they traveled to Arkansas and then back to Texas and then on to Terre Haute, Indiana where they robbed another bank. March 1934, Raymond Hamilton left the gang with his girlfriend Mary O'Dare and went back to Texas. Clyde, Bonnie, and Henry went back to Louisiana. Second week of March, <coughs> Sheriff Henderson Jordan contacts Frank Hammer set a trap for Bonnie and Clyde in northwest Louisiana. Because Clyde was wanted for the federal car theft crime, the one where they knew that he had crossed state lines <laughs> because of the medicine bottle, Jordan was also able to bring in federal agents from New Orleans. Um, they also enlisted the help of the Methvin family by offering to pardon Henry Methvin if they helped capture Bonnie and Clyde. So over the next few months, there's more murders, more robberies, you know. Bonnie and Clyde are just out there just doing their thing. Wednesday, May 23rd, 1934, Bonnie and Clyde head, head to the Methvin house for a 9 a.m. meeting with Henry. Knowing that Clyde would stop, they arranged for Henry's father to be on the side of the road with his truck like he had broken down. So Frank Hammer had planned to <coughs> offer Bonnie and Clyde the chance to surrender, but before he could do that, Deputy Prince Oakley started shooting. And then everybody started shooting. So about 150 shots were fired, killing both Bonnie and Clyde. Although Bonnie had written that she wanted to be buried next to Clyde, her mother did not honor that wish. She blamed Clyde for everything that had happened. So she was buried in an entirely separate cemetery. And that is all I have on Bonnie and Clyde. That's sad that they didn't get to be buried they together. They were not buried together, no. I hate that. <laughs> But also, they were terrible people, so should they get what they want out of it? <laughs> I mean, you know. Like, uh, they, they, they did a lot of murder. Yeah. <laughs> a whole lot of it. All right, so I guess I'm, I'm going next. I'm up. Yeah, you are up. <clears throat> All right, so mine is some shit that happened <laughs> in Chicago. On August 8th, 2004... Over the Kinsey Street Bridge, a tour bus belonging to the Dave Matthews Band dumped 800 pounds of shit <laughs> off of this bridge. While at the same time, there was a tour boat going under this bridge. <laughs> of this boat got covered in Dave Matthews' shit. You know, there's a, if 
first they didn't, you know, they didn't know that it was Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> I mean, I guess you don't care. Like, oh, we don't care. <laughs> um, apparently, the people that were working on this tour boat trying to tell the people that they had just been splashed by water. <laughs> <laughs> the people were like, you're full of shit. <laughs> this is straight up shit. Oh, shit. A bunch of them got sick. I'm talking about like, throwing up. <laughs> like, apparently, this was the worst thing to ever happen. <laughs> so, somebody had taken <laughs> somebody had taken a picture of the license plate of the bus. That's how they had to go about determining, you know, who dumped the shit. <laughs> there was an investigation. Um, so after um they found out that it was shit, and it doesn't say um why the did they tell them that it was water because in the moment they thought it was water, but everybody is like, It's not going off the water. So I really don't understand how that whole thing happened. But um they did refund even, everybody's tickets. Even, what? Still, no, no, but just, 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 just. Uh, <laughs> at what point have they ever driven under a bridge and apparently someone threw a whole pool's worth of water onto them? That's true. Where did the water even Even if up? it's clean, it's not like it rains in one big chunk. It's not like a fall. Yeah, right. Like if imagine a big chunk of water falling down, it would break everybody's neck. Like if do you know you know what I mean? It's like if you jump into water flat, you fuck your shit up. You can't do that. You have to go feet first, or you die if you go so high. You can't just drop a bunch of water on people; they fucking die so, or fall or. Sm- I don't. What the hell? I don't know what time it is that this happened. I wish we um, had this explanation on video. But. After all of that happened, they took the passengers back. They refunded their $25 tickets. They offered to pay um, dry cleaning bills. A bunch of them went to the hospital because if I get covered in shit, I'm going to the fucking hospital. Yeah. Somebody's doing yes. something, you know? Like. Yeah. Must be doing for diseases in case you have open fucking sores. But uh, the boat people, uh, yeah. you know, just gave it a once over and then ran another tour. <laughs> 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 Which a I feel like they should have taken. They should have taken the day off, right? but whatever. And there's a, you know a bunch of shit in here that I'm not gonna read because it's gross. And I don't want to know about it. But um, there was lawsuits. Yeah, um, that's what I want to hear about. Who sued Dave Matthews? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it doesn't say so. Um, the guy driving the bus, he ended up doing 150 hours of community service. He was fined ten thousand dollars. Um, it says to be paid to Friends of the Chicago River, an environmental organization. <clears throat> uh, and he was put on probation for 18 months. Dave Matthews Band donated $50,000 to the Chicago Park District, 50000 more to the Friends of the Chicago River, and paid the state of Illinois $200,000 in settlement. So I guess the... The city or whatever, the state fucking sued them and was like, y'all dumb shit on my people. I don't know how that works. You see, because if Dave Matthews shits on me, <laughs> I'm suing Dave Matthews. Um, and, and I don't want him to donate that money to the city or any other bullshit. Yeah. He owes me because he shit on me. They also uh, had to agree to start keeping a log of when and where it's buses empty their septic tanks. <laughs> Designed a shitter's full system to empty while you're driving down the road. No, no, I don't. And that were just right, exactly. <laughs> so, um, we shitter's have, full. We have an RV, and right now our shitter's full. We were actually talking earlier. We don't know how to empty it. I think you have to go somewhere and have it done. Like I thought. Well. 
But I thought you had to. If you want to donate out. to the drunk theories shitter <laughs> Patreon or whatever, we'll set it up soon. Just I, let us know. I didn't know that there was just a button on the inside that you could press that opens it up. I thought you oh, had to. Oh, don't do that. In my yard. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> no. We're going to drive it to a campground. Yeah, don't do that shit, shit in my yard. But this one, it would have had to have been a button on the inside. He didn't stop the bus, get out, and spray these people with shit. The bus was still going. But how does that fucking work? Why is that? A, that seems like a design flaw. <laughs> but so, I mean, that's what happened. That's what happened. And um, What year did that happen? 2004. So now, at this bridge, there is a m- memorial sign up. <laughs> uh, it, like, it's handwritten, you know, but there's pictures all over. And it says... In August 2004, at this very location, a DMV tour bus dumped 800 pounds of poo on some people. <laughs> <laughs> this is hashtag never forget. <laughs> and I love it. I want to go there just to take a picture of this. I, so. uh, I would also. Oh, my God. Dave lives in Chicago. <laughs> I bet he'll take a picture oh, of this. Oh, shit. Place. Dave, Dave. I'll take a picture of this sign. Yes. Or you get a picture of the of the poo sign, please. But um, so that's that's all I got for the Dave Matthews yeah. Chicago River incident <laughs> is what they're calling it. I could have come up with something way better. <laughs> you know, I'll let them have it, whatever. <laughs> oh no, the Chicago River incident sounds mysterious or whatever. But then I feel like people who don't have any idea what it is are gonna click on it looking for like murder or ghosts, and then they're and just then gonna they're get, get it. shit. <laughs> Which is hilarious. My topic is the Donner or Donner Reed party, which was from eighteen forty six to eighteen forty seven, a group of 54 up to about 87 members. I guess you would call it a wagon train. Yeah, because they're, they're traveling the Oregon Trail, like the video game. Started in Springfield, Illinois. Eventually got together with more people in Independence, Missouri, and followed the Oregon Trail. <laughs> what the fuck? Six. There's a whole bunch of other families ahead of him. They're gonna take the same trip. Four to six months. You're there. Now that's a long ass fucking time. But the reason they took the really really big uh, what do you what do you call that? No, 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 a group of big like a big ass group of people instead of instead of just traveling with you and your seven other people. It's a party. Yeah, your party. That's it's one party. No, party. a bunch of other parties get together and they do a like a. <laughs> Car- caravan. Yeah, like a caravan. There you go. Like I'm trying to think of a word that describes it. Instead of just you and your family, it's you and your family with maybe that would be a caravan. Ten or fifteen other families, and if one family gets low on food, you share. When you get more, you then you share back. Instead of just your one little family, you have to starve to death. There's enough that everybody can share. So, four to six months, they go with the other people in the caravan. And they hear about a new route. It's called the Hastings Cutoff. And it's going to be super awesome. It cuts out all the trails that everybody has done before. And instead, you cross the Rocky Mountains, which is a great fucking idea. It, It is not, by the way. And then the fucking Salt Lake Desert in Utah, the salt flats where they do races and shit. All they do is races there. Anybody else that goes there either takes pictures or dies. There's no reason to be crossing this shit. They're going to cross Utah and it's going to be easy as shit, apparently. It was not. The dude, Hastings, that proposed this, they heard about it at an encampment and were like, oh, it's supposed, supposed to be easier. And if you follow it, 
he had set up outposts every, I want to say, 15 or 20 miles where you could get supplies and do this or that. And he was at one, and he sold maps and this and that and said, further along, they've cut the way. It's already been done, you know, like the other trail where you just went. This way had a bunch of trees and shit in the way that were supposed to be cut because someone ahead of them went. And they got there, and they gave up because it was too fucking hard. So there's no one ahead of them to help anybody at all. So they turned south to follow the Hastings cutoff, go back around, found it to be way harder than it was, and they're having to lock the wheels of their wagons to keep them from rolling down the crazy-ass inclines while they're waiting for the dudes to chop <coughs> the fucking way. It's, I mean, why would you go through a mountain? I just don't, I don't get why they thought this was a good idea. I just, I can't understand it. So, the Oregon Trail, it's been four, five, six years. You just went through easy as shit. The Hastings Unless cut you off. Got dysentery well, yeah, that's true. But I mean, <laughs> the other way you have to deal with dysentery, and there's no mark. There's no kind of markings. So, like, there's not wagon fucking ruts and shit like that. There's nothing at fucking all because everybody that went that way. He paid, and they just took the money and kind of did half-ass and then left. So they get past the little bit of bullshit. <clears throat> Hastings wrote directions and left the letters stuck to trees. A couple of weeks later, they find a letter from him that they should stop until he could show them an alternate route taken by another party that tried to take his route, and it didn't fucking work. Reed, which is the Donna Reed party, that's one of the other members. Uh, Stanton, one of the other men who had uh, <clears throat> helped uh, join them along the way. And William Pike, one of the original men, rode ahead to get Hastings, find out what's going on. They found a bunch of crazy-ass canyons and boulders that were going to have to be moved in a whole-ass river right next to a precarious path that you could barely get through with just the horses they had. The letter Hastings gave to them offered to guide them around a different way. He didn't go the whole way. He went part of the way and decided it was okay. Sent them that way. Four days after they left, no guide came to help them. Their ways all fucked. They had to either turn back and go to the traditional route or follow the tracks left by that Harlan Young party that went their own little way. That's super hard to find, like I said. They decided to go through it to Weber Canyon, forged their own trail that Hastings recommended, and they were going a mile and a half a day, having to cut the brush and everything. A Man. mile and a half, imagine every day. And they're, I mean, this is a four to six month trek, so they're going, normally I'm sure, 30, 40 miles a day at least with horses, they're even trotting. That would be easy. It's insanity. Dang. So they get across what's called the Wasatch Range of the Rocky Mountains. <clears throat> the Graves family, which one of the men had left, uh, reached them. There were, let's see, Franklin Graves and his wife, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine children, one of them married, and then a random 25-year-old teamster named John Snyder. They had three wagons. They decided to join them. So that gave them 87 members total just in their party with 60 to 80 wagons to go through this unknown terrain. What did they think was going to happen? Re re I mean, really. Oh, well, I'm sure it, not that. Like, I mean, you, you, I mean like, if I, if, right now, if I left in my car with food and a bunch of shit and a four-wheel drive, whatever, and you told me to drive through the Rocky Mountains... I would assume whoever's with me might get eaten or may eat me. Absolutely. What else are you going to do? You're going to die. I mean, seriously. I've never went on a road trip. Thinking that I was going to get I think that uh, they would have stayed home. I thought that was going to happen. Yeah. Just putting it out there. Do you know what's at home? Dysentery. So but what food. are you going to... I'm Okay. Okay. That's better. Okay. <laughs> They're going to so be they either way. They're 87 people. They left July 21st, so August 20th, less 
about three weeks later, they reached the point in the mountains. They finally saw the Great Salt Lake Desert. It took two more weeks just to get out of the rest of the mountain range after they saw this from the top of it. That's how slow they're moving. They get down there arguing like a motherfucker about how smart the guys who chose this route were. That's literally what it says. These motherfuckers are dumb as shit. Why did we go this way? What is this here? Oh, it's a bunch of salt. What grows near salt? Fucking nothing. It's barren. You know what you do when you want to fuck up the earth? You salt the earth. Most of the food and supplies for everyone were getting low. A lot of the less affluent families, the ones that didn't have a lot of money, were almost completely out, which should not have happened. They really, Most people brought enough to last the whole trip plus a month or so, even if you were poor so you didn't die because you might get dysentery. So August 25th, five days later, Luke Halloran died of tuberculosis. A couple of days later, they found a new letter from Mr. Hastings, <coughs> all tattered and fucked up saying they were two days and nights of travel ahead with no grass or water or anything. Now, three days in the heat, and you're going to die without water. So they waited 36 hours to go 1,000 feet. They get down to, according to one of their guys, one of the most inhospitable places on earth. All their shit gets sunk in. At night, it gets super fucking cold. They start having fucking visions and shit. After three days, there's no water. And a couple of the guys, like, with their oxen that were still moving, just said, fuck it, and kept trying to go. All right. Most of the animals were left attached to the wagons because they couldn't fucking move. And what are you going to do with a big-ass ox that you can't move? So, nine of Mr. Reed's oxen just broke free and ran the fuck off because they were so thirsty. A bunch of the other cattle and horses went missing. A 40-mile journey that was going to take two days has now, six days in, uh, a couple of the men decide they're going to go ahead to Sutter's Fort. Apparently, John Sutter was a man who had made the way originally and had uh, the fort set up to help you if you got there with free food, directions... Things like that. So they sent a couple of men ahead. Charles Stanton and William uh, McCutcheon got some a couple of serviceable wagons, cow, ox, and mules all mixed together on one fucking thing and went to go the 40 miles ahead that was all fucking desert. They got there to the next little section, so they met some uh, Native Americans across the path and joined them for a couple of days, but they shot a couple of their oxen and horses, stole them, and left. It's already in October. A bunch of the family spit off to try to make better time. None of them going very well. A whole bunch of fucking just shit happened. One of uh, the oxen would not move, so... Mr. Milt Elliott just decided to beat the shit out of it. The guy that owned it didn't like it, so he took a whip handle and tried to beat him to death. So the guy's wife stabbed that guy and killed him because they're all mad because nobody's moving. So everybody got together, discussed what was going to happen. So apparently he got to leave the camp with his family with a compromise instead of hanging them, but he got no shit, nothing. So his stepdaughter went ahead, left him some stuff secretly, and he got that and got away from these crazy motherfuckers because, you know, everybody's all pissed off because of these weird trial-ass things they've been having. There's no grass for the animals to eat. Another guy's died because his feet are all fucked up. They left him by the side of a river. Eh. Uh, He was almost 70. That was their thing. That's exactly what they said. (laughs) They caught up with the donor party, the Re- that's the Reeds and the rest of them, and they get a little farther. They've lost a hundred ox so far, so they've got only one more stretch of desert right ahead of them, 
the Eddie's family had all their shit stolen by the... That's the ones who lost their stuff, the uh, Native American family. And nobody else would help them or their kids. So they're having to walk and carry their kids. So they end up getting left by the side of a river. They get to the Sierra Nevada. One of the men who left earlier from California found them, brought mules, food, and a couple of uh, Native Americans and told them that a couple of the, the two guys that had left earlier reached Sutter's Fort finally, but it took so long they were half-starved that they didn't think the rest of the party would ever even fucking make it. So they get the last to the last mountain. That's the Donner Pass, which they named after them. And it's super fucking icy because it's way fucking later than it's supposed to be. They were supposed to be there like a month ago. It's in the middle of October. At this point, another man has accidentally died because a gun was discharged negligently. He probably just killed him. I'm guessing that's... Every one of these stories sounds suspect as fuck. So this guy has just killed by a guy who accidentally shot him when his gun was loaded. As they're traveling, another fucking wagon breaks down. They try to make a replacement, and George Donner sliced his hand open while he was chiseling uh, wood for the new wheel. It seemed to be not that bad. Snow started coming down super fucking crazy, and they got ahead to a fucking slope that was, according to them, almost completely vertical. It's now known as Donner Lake at the bottom of it on the other side, but this is a thousand foot peak which will be almost impossible to do just walking. So everybody's trying to cross over the pass, but they were getting to five and ten foot snowdrifts, which is taller than they were, and there was nothing they could do. So they started uh, going back to Truckee Lake, which is where there was an encampment at, a half a day below them. So 60 of them are left, roughly, because a lot of the murders and killings weren't discussed. And some of the guys left and whatnot. They found three cabins that were used at Murphy Lake. Uh, one had the Breens in them, the Eddies in another, and the Murphys in the last. And that's the name of the camps or whatever. The dude that was carrying his kids had to build a lean-to because no one would help him because they're all assholes. No windows or doors for any of the... Uh, cabins because they had been there for so long just big ass holes for entry so they put animal hides over everything they've got 19 men 12 women 29 children six are toddlers or younger they have almost no food oxen are dying when they do they freeze them stack them up eat them slowly but still the lake I mean the lake isn't frozen but there's nothing to catch because it's so fucking cold at the very first week or so they kill a bear they eat that doesn't matter reed family is almost completely gone eddie family has lost almost everything and then the reed family promised to pay double when they got to california to use some oxen from the grave family who still have some left they charged them 25 dollars an oxen they're trying to figure out what they want to do, where they want to go, and they went in small groups at a time trying to figure out where they could, and every time they had to come back because it would be like super bad storming or they get to a fucking place where the snow was 12 or 13 feet deep and you can't fucking cross it. They started taking the ox hide, stripping it, and boiling it to make jelly of some kind. That sounds fucking terrible. Then they would take the bones of the ox and the horse and just boil them over and over to make <clears throat> soup. That's how little shit they had. And then at some point, they started eating the rug they had because it was made of ox hide. They were out of everything. One of them fashioned a whole bunch of snowshoes out of ox bows and hide after <clears throat> they had died. And 17 men, women, and children set out to go to cross that mountain pass. Two of them turned back almost immediately the rest of them kept going. 
got to three days in, got snow blind, two days with no food, and then one of them proposed that somebody should volunteer to die in order to feed the rest of them. That's how bad it got. They decided maybe a duel, and then the other one just said, let's just walk until someone falls. Someone, as they were arguing at some point over the next day, died. His name was Antonio. Then Franklin Graves died, the second man. There wasn't that many of them. Dolan, third guy, died. And they didn't eat the first two, but Dolan, they did. It's very weird. They didn't want the first two guys that died, but this guy went crazy, started ranting. After he died, they went just buck wild and started eating him. It's very confusing. Well, they were probably trying to... They were probably not wanting to eat anybody. So the first guy, they were probably like, you know what? I'll just not eat. Okay. Like, okay. Second yeah. guy died. They're probably like, still good. I'm yes. just not going to eat. I'm just not going to eat. And then by the time that third guy dropped, I mean, it's probably like, I can eat him or I can die. Yeah. Which I think I would probably just have to die. I don't know that I can eat a person. Well, I would never be in this situation. Because I would never take off on a trek like, like well, this. Yeah. Like, if it is the apocalypse, or if I'm about to die, I'm gonna die like on the porch, drinking margaritas. Like I'm not, I'm not going off on a trek. Not I'm, running for damn sure. I'm not running. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing to do this shit. It, it, no, I'm not getting on a fucking wagon. I'm not getting in a fucking car. I'm not. You know, it's like, <laughs> fuck this horse shit. If, if if the world is over, I'm sitting right the fuck here watching TV till it goes out, drinking margaritas, and then when the zombies eat my brains or whatever. <laughs> but that's fine. So they eat Mr. Dolan a little bit. The next day, <laughs> just, a, just a little bit. They they ain't a bunch, just a little bit. Then the next day, they stripped a whole bunch of the organs and muscles of him, Antonio, Graves, and Murphy, everybody that had died on the trip, to store for the days ahead. So were they carrying these dead people with them? They didn't just leave them where they were? They're parts of them. No, but so like the first two... Well, had they moved since the people died? No, no, they were standing around, they were like waiting around arguing to decide who to eat because they were so hungry and they kept... So they they were all just just already there. Yeah. 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 I thought they were still moving and just carrying dead. Well, they were kind of moving, but not much. Yeah. So, three days rest, they started moving again, trying to look for this trail. Was not doing very well. Another guy died. Another guy died. It's been twenty five so days. Like since, it's been twenty five <laughs> days since they left Truckee Lake. Master That's the place Chef. where they are at. <laughs> they find uh, another man who went off on his own, hadn't eaten in nine days, was about to die. Then they found a different Native American settlement that actually helped them. Gave them some food and shit. They kept going with the help of the members. Found a small farming community at the edge of Sacramento Valley. And tried to get a rescue party to go back to get them. Took them 33 days to get there without a bunch of wagons and bullshit and toddlers and all that shit. Just normal, healthy guys. Fucking hell. So, Mr. James Reed tried to go back and help. So He he went, got 12 miles from the top, had to turn back. So, what were they running from? Like, why did they need to... Be on this journey to begin with. They, no, the people would go west to be the first settlers at a new place and was, maybe get like rich. It's that or, movie when the whole Kidman. Was it one of those things where if you just go there, then you just Then you get free shit? land. Yeah. yeah. Is that what it was? 40 acres and a mule, I think that was earlier. That uh, could be. I don't know. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. I'm not doing all that bullshit just for the fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, how fast... Bad was it where they were looking <laughs> yeah. that they felt like they needed to fucking contain it out of there. Like. A dozen people and 30 horses going to rescue everybody. They're set out from the Sierra Nevada, heading back. There's not a lot of people because everybody's in the Mexican-American War, so there's not a whole lot of able-bodied men to help do that. So a dozen men, 30 horses, heading to help them. They get there get to the big-ass pass, have trouble, get through. They had to walk the uh, last fucking mile on foot and still get to 12 miles from the top. Can't do anything. 
seven men rescue party arrive and take 23 people back of the 44. 44 left of them, 87 original. God damn, that's bad. So they get there, the roofs are all falling in, the fucking houses or cabins look fucking terrible. They take 23 people back with them. George Donner... Donner's arm is completely gangrenous from that little cut he got way earlier from doing the wagon wheel. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is almost, like, dying already. Looks like everybody made it back to Bear Valley safe until one of the 13-year-olds died from starvation. God damn. So they go back to get the second party, the 21 that were left. George Yunt went to help them. They arrived March 1st, so they've been there three months in the winter. God damn. They say they're relatively well, but according to them, past the limits of description and imagination, they were so emaciated. Some of them were so crazy and uh, they hadn't eaten in so long, they were almost completely blind. No vitamins whatsoever, because you get like scurvy and all kinds of crazy shit. Uh it said nobody had died in between the first and the second relief, but a lot of the bodies that were already there were mutilated, the already dead ones they had been eaten on. Seventeen got back, five people stayed at the lake, and they were going to get a third relief party to get the last five of them, mostly the rest of the Donner family. They came back, the people were too starved and apathetic to do anything and they had to just fucking leave them and assume they starved to death it was known as starvation camp because they were just they were just beyond saving basically i guess and i mean who's gonna walk back if it's 33 fucking days to save someone who doesn't want to leave so of the 87 people that initially left out 48 people survived of 87 the only whole families that lived were the Reed and Breen families. Pretty much everybody else, half the family to the whole family died. Three mules reached California, though, of all the animals. <laughs> yeah, if there's ever a situation where it's like, you know, we gotta hightail it out of here or we're gonna die, <laughs> just assuming that I'm not fucking going anywhere. No. <laughs> At that point, I'm already lost. Because I feel like I'm the slowest, so somebody's gonna trip me or something to feed me to the zombies or whatever the fuck is chasing us. So I might as well just stay the fuck at home. Yeah, I, I'm probably. I'm you come, come over, over here. here. Yeah, yeah. Come <laughs> you come over, over here. here. Yeah. Hell, we can record. <laughs> <laughs>